Well, it's 2020, guys. We're getting ready for the year of the nurse. And midwife. This is Aaron de Trinidad. I'm Rebecca de Trinidad. And this is Becoming a Better Nurse. We also like to call it Nurse Care on the Air. We're going to be talking about stress today, how to deal with stress, and also the big question, are you burned out? Ooh, big question. So it's 2020, and, and this is our first episode. We have a lot of resolutions to keep up with. We just had dinner with some friends that we love to hang out with. And so one of our resolutions is to spend time with people we like more and spend less time to no time with people we do not like. Cut the toxic people. Yeah, you got to cut the toxic people out. We cut them out last year prior to 2020. But as a resolution for, for this year as well, we're going to be like, you know what? No more time for toxic people. We need to surround ourselves with positivity, positive people. Yes. Um, that's just what we have to do. Obviously, you can't avoid every toxic person. You know, people you work with people that sometimes you just don't get along with and you just got to deal with it. But outside of work and stuff you can control. And we're not going to try to dwell on the toxic oh, person yeah, we can't get rid of. So that's one of our goals. And hopefully you guys have similar goals because it's time to get better. You're here. Um, the overall theme for today, because we're going to be talking about stressful situations, stressful things, and it, it could be kind of negative at times. The biggest thing to take away is no matter what's going on, even in your lowest time in your life, there's always something to be grateful for. Don't you yeah. agree? And you, um, the theme is to think about that. Think about the grateful things you're grateful for, the positive things in your life that is part of getting through stressful situations. So we're gonna keep reminding you to go back to that. Um, we had that episode about gratitude and why it's good for your health. And that's the same reason why it's good for your health to not stay in stressful situations or keep your mental um, cap capabilities out of the stressful situations as much as you can. Correct. So the format for today we're gonna be talking about stress is uh, we're gonna first talk about the, what the research says about stress. Then we're gonna ask the question, are you burned out? There's different levels of stress. Um, there's there's also, in stress, you can have you stress and this stress. One of those is positive for your life and another one is negative. I don't wanna, me, myself, I don't wanna dwell too much on the terminology. I just wanna give you the black and white so that you, it's as simple as possible. You can digest it, you can eat it. But there's different levels of stress, some mild, some moderate, and then there's a level that it's beyond stress where you're just burnt out. After that, we're gonna talk about what you can do about it and then what not to do about it. <laughs> so, um, you wanna start us with what to do about stress, babe? Yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're gonna get it kicked off. So well, actually we're gonna talk about the what the data says first. Okay? okay. Sounds good? Okay. We can all agree that stress is never gonna go away. You're always gonna have stress in your life so we need to learn how to deal with it we need to, we need to learn how to deal with it yesterday <laughs> so well, you're late it's well, like stress is um you know without sounding too daunting there is good stress there's stressful things like preparing for a wedding it's stressful but there's a good thing about happening or having a baby it's a good thing but you know it's still stressful so it's um not bad that stress is in our life, but it, it's when the bad stress occurs that is what we're going to dwell on. So there's a lot of data and research on stress that we've seen. 
on a side note, we know that suicide is at an all-time high. And a lot of times we know that's due to mental illnesses that are that maybe you're born with, chemically chemical abnormalities in your brain, or sometimes just stuff that happens around you in your environment, etc. We know from research that work is one of the biggest stressors for a lot of people. Am I correct? Yes. It's the number one stressor. Number one stressor. There's a lot of other stressors too. We have stressors on money. Most people say, aside from work, money is one of the biggest stressors that you have, as well as the political climate. A lot of other folks can say, uh, have said things that the future of the nation is one of the biggest stressors for them as well, and violence and crime. But we, let's just take the top three. Work, money, and then the f- your future. Okay. And a lot of times all those three intertwine. Where do you work? How much do you make? But let's just take the top three and focus on the main one because we're nurses. We deal with stress. As nurses, we probably deal with some of the highest stressful situations out of any career. So we're going to take the nursing approach and talk about stress and what we've seen and what the data has said. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also going to talk about how people who are nurses can take what we're, gonna, what we're teaching and apply it to their life as well. What do you have for us on stress, babe? Well, a couple things about stress. Um, Three quarters of adults report physical and emotional symptoms of stress, such as a headache, feeling tired, changes in your sleep. 44% of adults say that they exercise or walk to manage the stress, and 47% listen to music. 37% spend time with friends and family. Nearly half of adults say they lay awake at night because of stress. And three in five adults say they could have used more emotional support. So it's clear stress is um, what has, takes its toll on humans, uh, people. But um, there are active ways of dealing with it. And not everyone utilizes the same way of dealing with it. But it all is effective if it works for you. So we're nurses, and obviously we know we live in very uh, stressful situations at work, especially in the bedside. We deal with lots of stress. Some studies show that nurses, we work under extreme pressure. Our workload is really, really heavy. We have to contend with death and dying. Who else works that deals with death and dying besides healthcare workers? Just dealing with the death at... at, um, a personal death at home, it's hard enough, but seeing that every day, Jesus. Uh, we deal with interstaff conflict. I mean, we deal with lateral violence, as people like to say, there's some nasty nurses out there, there's bullying going around. We deal with lack of resources. Some hospitals don't have a lot of money. Sometimes we're understaffed, so we deal with that as well. And insufficient training. Some people don't have enough training, and they come out, and they need a lot to learn, and all these things pile up and eventually stress accumulates. And what do we do with that? We are in the front line. Nurses are the ones who see everything from the beginning to end. Somebody gets sick. I know we have uh, paramedics, EMT, and firefighters. They bring them in. But as soon as they come into the ER, it doesn't stop. It's nurses. Nurses triage. Nurses take care. Nurses monitor. They come into the ICU. Guess what? We're there 24-7. So we see all that. Patients and families. Yep. And as we know, that increased stress leads to low job production. 
So we need to address stress as soon as possible because it's not just it's not just at the end of the day what the what you can do for the hospital as in making them money. You know, are you being fulfilled where you're at? Is your production value, you know, are you getting value out of what you're doing at whatever you're producing, etc. You know, we want you to be healthy, positive, good individuals so you can go out there and help other people. If you're stressed out on a daily basis, and you're not coping with it well, it's very hard to help other people if you're not in the right state of mind, in the right physical condition. Yeah. Um, the stress that we take on as nurses, we kind of prepare for, but we also need to um, de-stress. And we're here today to talk about the differences between the types of stress that we feel and um, how we're going to deal with it and recognizing more severe symptoms of it and talk about ways we can uh, change how we deal with it or change how we're going to um, experience the stress. We've well, heard what the research says we're gonna talk about the levels of stress and see where you might fit in. You might be like, "Hey, guess what? I fit in all of the all of these. <laughs> I'm totally stressed out." And those are I, the next sec section of this podcast. Use a lot of self awareness and really decide where it is you are, so that from there you can move forward and take the right steps and actions. If you have an infection in the hospital, you're going septic. You're going to need antibiotics. You're going to need fluids. That's the best way to take care of you. You're not going to need a leg amputation, unless your foot's infected. But let's just say your foot's not infected. A leg amputation would be the worst thing to do. So take what we're going to give you today and apply the right treatment for it so you can get the best outcome. Well said. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we've been researching a lot on this topic we're gonna start off with stress and for the for the nerds out there like myself there's different types of stress we have eustress which is something that benefit it's a stress that benefits you in the long term so you have eustress and distress distress is something that is negative towards you that's gonna affect you in a, in a negative way it's gonna affect your body it can cause you anxiety um, sorrow Things that will affect you negatively, mentally, physically, uh, health-wise, etc. So with eustress, as an example, you can get a little bit of adrenaline and that increases your stress level when you're in a code situation or somebody's really sick and that stress helps you pin, have pinpoint focus. It enhances your ability, your flight or flight so that you can focus a little bit better on certain tasks, etc. So in that case, that eustress helps you. If you work out, it helps you lift more, lift more weight, that increase stress. Um, if you do martial arts, the fight or flight kicks in so you can defend yourself a little better. So there is some stress that's gonna help you in life. What we're gonna talk about and focus mainly on is this stress. And there's different levels of stress that you can experience obviously the mild low ones are where you stress lies because this stress helps you it helps you perform better 
you can cope with it. The biggest thing about these stress things, the term is coping. Are you coping well with this level of stress that you're experiencing? Uh, Rebecca and I, obviously, we're married, and marriage can be, it's actually a great thing for us. We, we love it, but there's certain, well, I should probably can't <laughs> Well, you know, you, every couple gets into arguments, and that can cause a little bit of stress. Um, but how do you cope with it? How do you deal with it? So me and her, we have really good coping mechanisms. We talk a lot. We express ourselves very well to each other. And so that in itself is one of the mild stressors. We're going to talk about moderate stressors where you can go either way based on what's happening. But Rebecca definitely wants to dive in and talk more (laughs) about stress. And I'm going to have her chime in. Well, I did a lot of looking up things um, about, because I was thinking, where do we go from here? There's a lot to talk about. And um, I I did a little preview video about burnout and are we bored are we stressed are we burnt out and I was really surprised by what I found when I went to the nitty-gritty of what um, burnout and stress and uh, boredom is so I wanted to start off with stress Uh, nursing stress in particular was identified in the 1960s and the four sources of anxiety that nurses feel which brings on stress is patient care decision making taking responsibility and change and boy was I surprised when I saw 1960s was still change was still stressful to nurses I'm a very I'll call older nurse experienced nurse and change is hard change is really hard you get you know you know a certain way and um, it's still to this day from the 1960s to now so I've preached it to myself I'm preaching it to you you know um, change is a big stressor to a lot of people and we have to try to embrace it as much as we can and you can see the change in the hospital. When I was doing ICU, in neuro-ICU, some of the older nurses, when we were bringing in electronic Mars and telehealth, they were totally not accepting of it. I would say, and by older nurses, I mean, what, 50-plus years yeah. old? Mm-hmm. And I would say out of maybe five of them, one of them was accepting and just very nonchalant, very cool. But the other ones were like, oh, frustrated the entire time. So change is definitely a big, a big issue. Yeah. But, you know, it's not understandable. Patient care, decision-making, taking responsibility, all very stressful. Um, Also, I learned that stress and burnout were comparable by a couple things that set them aside as different. Stress involves too much. There's too much going on. There's um, too many many, um, demands, and you're needing to cope with them. There's too many pressures that um, physically and mentally affect you. And then uh, you also have stressful people, and um, when you're under stress, when you're under stress, you feel like there's still, if there's a change, it's going to get better. There's a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Burnout, though, it's not about too much. It's about not enough. You're not, you're not feeling fulfilled. You're feeling empty. You're feeling hopeless. You have no motivation. And then um, you don't see if that, that change is going to make a difference. And those are, those are two different aspects. But they're both caused by the same stressors. And it's your coping mechanisms. Burnout also is a prolonged period of high level of stress. And your inability to gain control can give you feelings of helplessness. It can also... Um, 
increase your, what is it, your inability to cope with the high demands of your job, which then of course leads to lack of motivation, leads to um, over, feeling of overwhelming. Low performance. Um, yeah. You can make mistakes. Yeah. So, and then you, um, you, you kind of lose, what did I write? You lose your um, inability to cope even more. So burnout and stress are, are um, they're both caused by the same things but they um, can take completely different roads. And so um, stress also causes over-engagement. Um, it can mean you, um, you try too much, you're doing too much at the same time. Um, as opposed to burnout, you get disengaged. You disengage from your environment. You become apathetic almost. You have um, primary damage for stress is physical. You feel physically tired. You feel um, that flight or the fight or flight response. You feel jittery. Uh, whatever the stress manifests to you, that's a physical um, demand. Burnout. The primary damage is emotional. You are physically exhausted, but you're way beyond that. You are mentally exhausted, and you've disengaged, and you've completely given up. Try and picture where you are and where you lie in these, because. It's hard sometimes to, you know, you're in the, you're in the uh, situation and you can't think clearly, but maybe you're listening to us right now, you're not at work, and maybe you can kind of distinguish where you are when these things happen. So just to pay attention and see where you might be. Are you stressed and you can handle it or are you burned out and, you know, it's beyond, beyond coping with? Mm-hmm. I think you were still going down the list. I'm sorry. Well, I wanted to jump in with boredom because as I was looking through the stressful situations and burnout and I said maybe you're bored right I thought you know sometimes your lack of motivation is because you're bored right so I looked up boredom and boredom actually had studies that showed that can lead to disengagement you can sabotage withdrawal abuse um, intentional failure and the Gallup poll in 2015 said that 70% of U.S. employees reported feeling bored and disengaged. So I started thinking, hmm. maybe burnout can lead to board, uh, boredom can lead to burnout. And I did find that out. It's a precursor to burnout. So boredom, though, is very easily fixed. Boredom, um, the difference is um, when you're doing the same thing over and over again. And it also talks about um, it uh, when you're. It's a tedious feeling. Um, you need to change your routine a little bit. Um, add some extra activities because you're just. It's um, your lack of motivation. Very similar. So what was I going to say? Um, boredom well, can be easily fixed, like I said, and that will definitely help the burnout from happening because yeah. you don't want burnout to happen you really don't if you're a, if you're a, a, a grad if you're in nursing school and you're constantly stressed out that's typically how nursing school goes so we're trying to give a lot of tips out to the new nurse the and the older nurses as well but for the new nurses people that are just starting off it can be very overwhelming um, so we're gonna focus on the burnout in such in a little bit but for the people who have been in nursing for a while and they're bored, it might be wise to maybe challenge yourself a little bit. 
maybe find a different place to work at. Learn a new skill. Learn a new skill. Take Get on involved. a little bit more responsibilities. Yeah, more responsibilities. If you're uh, on the floor, on the telly, maybe try and if you're if this if you're ambitious enough, try and seek out ICU. And if you're in ICU and you're bored, I doubt it though, because you see so much crazy stuff and it changes. Maybe you just need a different environment. Maybe you need to go to a higher acuity ICU. It's not for everybody. It's just for people who are ambitious and they want something different. But if you can recognize your board, try picking up new challenges. Those are those, that's the best advice you can get for people who are bored. Mm-hmm. But, and it's important that you talk about boredom because a lot of people don't think, oh, boredom can lead to burning out because I've been bored myself at work and I've been really disengaged at times mm-hmm. because of the monotony mm-hmm. and just the boredom of it. And just, it really, really gets to you. Um, and I've been learning nursing for quite a long time. So mm-hmm. I've seen, I've gone through all this. I've even went through a burnout phase myself and so i'm sure we all go through it but rebecca's gonna continue and talk about the stress versus um burnout yeah um so let's see we talked about so we were talking about boredom mimicking burnout and um the stress and the burnout differences and burnout Signs and symptoms of burnout are what I found are these are the main things was um, prolonged depression, anxiety, feelings of um, being trapped, having memory loss, you can have errors, feeling overwhelmed, loss of motivation, unhealthy decisions, self-doubt, a sense of failure, feeling alone, you're more negative about life, no more negative about your job, you're dissatisfied, you dread going into work, lack of self-confidence. Um, that is very serious things because as a nurse, you, you really, you got people's lives in your hands and it's very, it's very, um, it's very striking if you start feeling that way uh, to start taking control of those feelings and recognizing them for yourself and this is kind of why we're trying to break it down there's a lot of information that I was trying to decipher myself but we've got stress we have stress that is routine that's every day and we have coping skills that help us deal with them we've got boredom which is a precursor to burnout in my opinion because you become lack, you become loss of interest, lack of motivation, um, you're, you um, don't feel fulfilled, but it's because you're bored and uh, getting a new hobby, taking on new responsibilities, precepting, mentoring, relief charge, learning a new skill, starting IVs for everybody on the unit, whatever it is, that's gonna kind of challenge you and it's really not gonna make, give you a burnout. You're gonna not feel dread coming to work. But when you start feeling that dread of going into work and you lose your confidence and you don't feel like you can um, turn to anybody and your lack of, um, of fulfillment in your job um, is a, is a pretty, big, um, pretty big sign that you need to start taking note. So you start off stressed and when you're stressed, there's different roads you can take. You can take the road of boredom. You just end up, you just end up being there just because that's what life happens. But from boredom, you can end up being burned out or you can do something about it and reignite that passion of nursing. But let's go back into stress. So stress can lead to boredom. 
or stress can lead into a, you maintain a good level of stress and good coping skills. You, you can remain at that level or from stress you can go into straight up burning out and burning out it can develop you know stress can develop in a lot of different ways you know physical there's there are physical symptoms mm -hmm. from what we saw online and also in, in a lot of research that we just went over this past week or two sometimes stress develops physically and you can tell by you having headaches muscle aches sometimes you'll have heart palpitations you can get an upset stomach and just a lot of sleepiness depression you can you can get also get some psych issues from a, uh, psychological issues like you get very irritable very easily you have bad mood swings uh, and you should just start worrying a lot for no reason you just are in a big state of worry and then there's behavioral changes which basically you are calling out sick a lot using your sick days as often as possible you dread going into work i mean who would want to if you're constantly stressed out or you're not coping with it very well mm -hmm. you have low production which we discussed you procrastinate a lot and then also you have a short temper those are big clues that you might be burned out i've experienced it i've I have co-workers who i've worked with and i've I've seen that happen. I've been there myself. I've been very irritable, very easily to a lot of people. It's not. It's not. It's not a. It's not a nice thing to, to see. And I, I don't even like thinking about it because we're nurses at the end of the day. And as a nurse, it shouldn't just be in our career. It should be in our life as well. We we need to be on our A game at all times, even though it's hard. It's very hard to stay at a at a level like that for a very long time. So you need to take a step back and realize where you are and what you can do about certain things there and it's not just stress and burnout in well stress is not just for nurse it's not just in nursing it's for everybody if you're not in nursing but you're going to nursing school you're gonna have a lot of stress all the time most of the time if you're in grade school elementary there's the stress of fitting in stress of you know, whether you're cool or not, stress of getting your homework done, stress of pleasing your parents and making sure you're happy, and then there's stress of, you know, issues that you have at home that we have no idea about. There's also generational stress. Every generation has experienced a big event in their life. So you have the older generations who went through World War II, Pearl Harbor, and that keeps on stacking up and adding the boomer generation after that. We have Vietnam. We have Gen X who experienced the, uh, the Gulf War in Oklahoma City. And then you have millennials like myself. We experienced 9-11 and also high-profile mass shootings. So these th and it, it, I can only imagine the older generation has not only seen World War II, but has experienced all these other things that are going around in your climate. So the, you, know, you have stress throughout generations as well that piles up. So again, stress is never going to go away. You just have to learn how to deal with it. We are going to talk about what causes burnout because we you know we talk about symptoms, the signs, etc. But let's dive into what causes it. So I wanted to kind of get into the nurse burnout and what causes nurse burnout. So I was um, doing some research and a website with MedEd um, published June of 2018 um, did it really well. They, they, they explained it really well in a nice, um, simple way. And that was... Um, 
So various factors influence nurse burnout, including length of time spent at work. And they said that um, in as registered nurses in Michigan were studied and 12-hour days reported higher stress levels than registered nurses who worked eight-hour shifts. Now we've all heard the stories about 12s and 8s and most of us prefer 12s, but it's still a stressful situation to be in 12-hour shifts. The nurse's role continually expands from the bedside to the waiting room to the boardroom. The stress and busyness of the profession can equally escalate. Nurses are on the front line of direct medical care, medical education for others. They're advocating for their patients and they're comforting the patients and their families. Combining these responsibilities can result in nurse burnout. A major factor involved mm-hmm. in maintaining high quality care is um, making time for emotional conversations. And that, that, that adds to the burnout and the stress rate as well. So... So I'm starting my shift. I'm coming in, and I see some crazy stuff happening as I'm coming in. Stress level increase. <laughs> then I'm getting report by someone who probably didn't do everything they could during the day. Stress level increase. Then the family of a patient wants me immediately because they have questions, and the doctor hasn't come in. So I got to spend time talking to them so that our patient's score levels aren't bad. Stress level increase. There's your emotional and there's your conversational. Then the patient next door, he's crashing and I gotta keep him alive because he's about to die. Death and dying, stress level increase. You have spiritual, emotional, physical because you're going back and forth yourself. And then you have bitter nurse next to you who doesn't want to help you and is giving you the side eye, rolling her eyes, gossiping all night. Stress level increase, stress alert. So can you see how much stress is involved typically on a regular day? I mean, not every day is like this, but you can see how it piles up. And imagine doing this three days a week for 50, for what, how many days? I, I can't even do the math, but two weeks. <laughs> but for a year and then on top of that, many more years, there's a lot of stress. In this article I read, it said in the United States, the number one cause of stress among nurses is teamwork. So um, being a good team player, it plays an important role in helping reduce stress just right there. Um, It says here, common stressors, nurses may encounter burnout due to their innate desire to put others before themselves. Many nurses feel it's their calling to care for others. Unfortunately, when nurses are motivated by their desire to help others as opposed to enjoyment of the work, it's easier for them to become burned out. Mm -hmm. So we're setting ourselves up for burnout. And it doesn't happen overnight. There's 12 steps to burnout, which I'm not going to go over, but there's a process. And the main reason why I'm mentioning the 12 steps is because you start out with good intentions you start realizing that you start putting your intentions before your life. You put your intentions before um, you want it to be. You want to succeed with your goal of being the best nurse possible. But then it takes over, and you're so they. I want you to recognize that the stages in the middle is where you need to start worrying about where the um, crisis may start becoming an issue, and 
act on that because people, you might not notice it, but the people around you are going to notice it. So listen carefully to the ones that care about you the most, your family, your close friends, even your manager, your nurse leader. If you have a great nurse leader, they're going to recognize the changes in their staff. It's about being self-aware. That's the biggest thing here. You need to understand what you're going through in the middle of all this. If you're developing signs of stress, if you need to act on it, because if you have no self-awareness, you won't even know anything's happening and you're going to be just blindsided by all this to a point where you're just going to fall down, cripple over and just give up. Well, my big, the biggest surprise I found out about nurse burnout was that um, burnout is a medical crisis. And a lot of us think we're burnt out, but that's the reason why I'm talking about boredom and stress because um, burnout is actually a mental health crisis. You, need, you actually get PTSD, you take time off of work, there's inability to work. So you don't want to get to that point. I was surprised and I was shocked and it's burnout syndrome yeah. and I, I don't want any of my fellow nurses to go to that extreme. So I felt very compelled to do some more research on this. And there's a lot of other terms going out there with this whole nursing care and stress and burnout. And part of it was um, moral distress. You know, you bring up something to your manager um, in particular and you say you feel burnt out. And they say, well, you're just moral. There's this moral distress going on in the unit. We've got this really sick patient and, and we're, we, you know, we know what we should be done, but we're not able to do it. Um, moral distress is not that. It's an emotional state that arises from a situation. A patient should be extubated because they're brain dead, but the family isn't wanting to give it up. So you have to get ethics involved. You know, that's a moral distress. And then there's another one that's been termed that I've heard. It's called compassion fatigue that's thrown out there. The nurses have compassion fatigue and um, it's causing burnout. But compassion fatigue is another, it's more of... um, something that happens suddenly, your loss of ability to empathize and to have compassion for people because you're fatigued about a certain situation. Um, like I, compassion, like like um, uh, caregiver fatigue. You're just, it, you can't, you, you just lost your ability to com- have compassion right now. It's not all the time. It's just for this particular situation. So sorry, you have to... Um, there's a lot. There's a lot of things going on um, with nurses, and um, I wanted to bring up those terms as well, so that you can recognize maybe you're not burnt out. Maybe there's just this moral distress, this ethical dilemma going on that you're um, stressed about, and that's tearing you up. You know, these long-term care facilities might have that more of a issue than um, acute care, but they still happen. Compa- um, compassion fatigue happens when you um, take care of so many families with the same patient or um, what there was a good example. I can't find it right now, but anyway, um, just the empathy that you kind of get burnt out on that. So I understand. I, and I'm not a big fan of these terms. I feel like I sometimes know, these terms kind of minimize what you're going through like oh you're just having compassion fatigue no uh no i'm fucking stressing my ass out over here and it's not just one situation it's an accumulation of things but it should be you should be aware of the differences i think because it helps you to gain focus on what it is that you're experiencing so that you can get the right therapy for yourself you should be aware of the yeah yes you should definitely be aware of the terminology so you can understand where where to tackle the problem if it's in this area or that area 
I just don't like how some people use that term. But like, oh yeah, let me identify it as this, this, and this, and then they minimize it. And I don't know, I just feel like sometimes using these terms, I don't know, just takes away from the emotional response you should be giving to somebody. Maybe, you know, great, thank you for identifying my problem. But these people need more than just, um, just, you know, identifying and giving you the scientific backing and stuff. Like, they need, like, serious help, especially if it's a crisis. You know, they need, need a hug. They need, dude, if I am if I was their manager, take some time off, you know. Mm. Let me know how much time you need off. When I, when my grandfather died and I was going through a crisis, um, you know, my manager told me I can take the time off that I needed. And I was like, okay, great. And right then and there, you know, I knew that my manager's, like, very special people because some people all they care about is the numbers at the end of the day but when a manager cares about your mental health and your emotional state that is somebody you need to hold on to i agree i i i'm finding it is important not to brush aside these terms but i find that that the terms are what set it aside if you have a manager and you're telling the manager you don't feel like coming into work you are feeling loss of purpose, you're feeling helpless, you're feeling um, lack of motivation, and you've done all these things and you um, are about ready to break, I think those are alarming statements. And yeah. if I heard a, my manager tell me, oh, well, you're just distressed about the situation, then I would know I need to, uh, that that person's not going to support me and help me. Yeah, you need somebody who's going to support yeah. you and help you, not just say, hey, oh, well, that's compassion for the team. Yeah. Well, dude, what else can you do for me? Yeah. I, mean, I might, I might need not even scream out that you need something to do something for me, but verbally. But my soul is yearning for help, and you're just—it's just sometimes it can just be bullshit. But right, well, that's what happened to me. You know, you just you, you think you have a certain thing, and they say, "Oh no, you're just morally distressed." No, no, but you have to know the difference to know that Correct. you need the right help. So, so it's 2020, and guys, we need to get your life better because if if not it's going to affect your life at home your personal relationship all these things mm-hmm. um so do you think what do we, we do ta- about what, what do, do we do, do about, about it? it do we think <laughs> i don't know have we talked about enough about burning out well, so again burning out is basically when you can't cope you know there's so we're going to talk about what you can do when you're stressed out and this helps you cope but when you cannot cope and the things that you're trying is not helping you and then you start getting all these crazy symptoms, these really rough symptoms of, man, you're just dreading going to work, going into work. You just hate it. You're calling out sick. That's when, boom, red flag. Are you burned out? This is what you can do prior to being burned out so you can cope with the stress. Once you're burned out, like Rebecca said, that's a medical crisis. So we'll talk about what you can do during that situation but the biggest thing is if you're burned down boy the worst thing you can do is continue working in a place where you're still experiencing that stress if i'm playing football or if i'm a girl and i'm playing football too or i don't know so whatever they (laughs) (laughs) or if i'm a or i'm playing i don't know i don't want to sound stupid what about you if you're a runner okay if you're a runner my wife's a runner Forgive me. I don't know what you're trying to say, though. Well, basically, if I hurt myself and get a fracture, I'm not going to keep running thinking that's going to help my wound or my fracture. Right, right, right. So if you're burned out, are you going to keep on ex- 
putting yourself in that situation to keep on experiencing that stress to add to that fracture. Mm-hmm. Think about it like that. I mean, if you're sick, are you going to keep on putting yourself in that same situation and continue to be more sick? No, you or are you, if you have the flu, are you going to be around people so you can spread the flu? You need to stop it quick. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one example. If you're in a toxic situation, toxic environment, and you know it's not going to get better, and it's just getting worse day by the day, look for another job. You need to leave that place ASAP. Because I guarantee you, that place, oh, it'll change. It will never change. And there's plenty of places out there that are looking for great nurses and won't put you through bullshit that you need okay Mm -hmm. what you can do to cope with stress we need to talk rebecca has so much to say about this (laughs) man and i gotta apologize i get so heated up and passionate i just interrupt everybody i don't care what you have to say i want to say stuff because i guess i'm i'm such an introvert because I'm only I only talk to people that I really really like, and I spent me and Rebecca we talk a lot, and on the podcast. But usually at home I'm quiet, and you know I'm very quiet a lot. I'm usually in my my head the whole time. But here's a couple of things you can do if you're feeling stressed out. Some of the biggest things people did. Um, I know when I was younger, when I was stressed out, I was depressed. I had uh, serious depression issues. I listened to music a lot, and that really helped me cope with stress. Today, I listen to music, but not to cope with stress. But man, just the art helps so much. Um, Watching a play, watching a movie, just putting your mind away from things. And sometimes as human beings, it's very hard to express certain emotions. And I feel sometimes there's a certain music that captures the right sound, the right words, and it helps you express that sorrow that you have, for example, or that that fear that you have, and you, you can just express it by hearing, almost like a self-expression by the music or by theater or something, and that it's also very refreshing to your soul. That's a good, such a good way to cope. I've seen movies where or plays where people are dying, and I've just experienced stuff and dying, and I just start bawling and crying because how it's portrayed and just the emotions within it's just like. It really expresses it more than I could ever, in a sense. I don't know, it's just really weird, the way theater and theater works. You can also exercise and walk. If you're not exercising and you're a nurse, shit, you're already on a, on a starting on a bad foot. I mean, if even if it's just walking around the block. Just, walking up and down the stairs. Yeah, something. Because that is clinically and scientifically one of the best ways to cope with stress. I think every nurse should be should be exercising because it's just such a profession where you're gonna need to do something about it. If you're not doing anything about it, it's just uh, crazy. Also, another thing we we're not a big we're not promoters on any type of religion. As nurses, if you're a Buddhist, if you're Jewish, if you're Christian, we're nurses. Whatever brings you peace. Yeah, whatever brings you peace. We're not here to tell you no. It's it's the Bible. The Bible's gonna be the one to save you. Personally, we may, you know, we may be Christians and we might, who knows, think a certain way. But as nurses, we're gonna promote whatever religion you you go, you um you subscribe to. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're Jewish, if you're a Christian, if you're uh, Muslim, we're gonna. That's one of the best things to do is prayer. Some people don't have a religion or they're atheists. Meditation. 
it settles a lot of things down. It helps you self-reflect. Biggest, biggest coping skills. Meditation and prayer. Exercising. Music, yeah. But I would say exercise and prayer and meditation over a lot of other things. Uh, one of the biggest things right now is yoga. And that's kind of interesting because yoga, I think from what I was reading, is is it used to be a religious practice. I don't know if it was Hindu or in some, somewhere around the uh, Eastern religion. And it was never seen as an exercise. But now Western, you know, us Western people, we like to take things and, boy, make it our own. So now people that do yoga, it's more of an exercise and self-reflection meditating, which its roots come from more religious religious aspects. But yoga is a big thing. Uh, we started doing a little bit of yoga not a couple months ago, and it's helped us out tremendously mm-hmm. um, with physical mm-hmm. stress and also stretching yeah and acceptance gratitude and all these things so those are really big things and i know these these sound cliche but ask yourself are you even doing any of these or are you just being pessimistic and cynical about all this you know you got to try and change your life up a little bit because Mm -hmm. you're never going to get any better Mm -hmm. so rebecca has a lot to talk about i got a lot (laughs) 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 well um to to combat boredom, we kind of talked a little bit about you know changing changing up um, your routine a little bit, learning a new skill, being a preceptor, things like that. Um, you constantly keep up your re- and refresh your um, skills, um, find new inspiration, find new motivation. Um, you can change your goals, find shorter goals, change new goals. So that you know you've been to critical care now let's um, be an IV expert you know or go and be um, a diabetes uh, um, expert and be the unit diabetes person you know something that's going to give you a new um, focus so that you're not bored about where you are and um, they also said to try mindful exercises to reduce negative feelings that you get from being bored and to um, you can uh, find a new challenge. Um, I also looked up um, burnout, battling the burnout, and I call it battling burnout and winning because there is a there is a positive side to all of this. BBW. Yes, because <laughs> you know, no wonder we're no. <laughs> No wonder we're burned out with all this stuff going around in us. We've got, you know, families, patients, EMR, doctors, PT. We've got, um, let's see, we have loss of control. We have ca- compassion fatigue. We have uh, workplace violence, which we didn't even talk about. Horizontal hostility, which we didn't talk about. You've got stress. You've got a new generation of nurses. You've got old generation of nurses. We've got, you know, so much going on. So... What what do you do when you feel this this syndrome coming on, or you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling stressed? Well, most most companies have the EAP, the Employee Assistance Program. You just go to your manager, and they can authorize those for you. They give you specialized counselor setting. Um, you can do it over the phone. You can go personal, per, into personally, and they can kind of help center you um, and identify some issues. And it really helps you through mm-hmm. the process. You can um, get pastoral care. You know, Aaron talked about prayer. 
you can do any kind of pastoral care that would give you a sense of calmness you know sometimes churches most churches have a little chapel you can always you know go in there for prayer in the middle of your shift if you need to um, there's support groups out there that you can try to find and if not maybe you can start one that can be a new motivation for you um, they say to adapt behavior outside of work whether it's a hobby Aaron said he likes art so if you like art you want to start doing artwork they have tons of those little um, art places you know um, Pino's palette they've got um, those uh, wine and drink when you do art you know just something like that you can um, find um, you find um, a balanced diet exercise um, you can do meditation like like Aaron said journaling they also said to stop dwelling on your professional work in your personal work life okay. so bring don't bring work home if you can help it don't dwell on the things that already happened on your shift because your shift's over so also worrying is an issue a self-aware issue if you cat if you're catching yourself worrying that's a big ticket item because when you worry it's not fixing the problem at all it's just whatever problem you have is just gonna make it even bigger and we've been learning this past week that worrying is a learned behavior. So nobody's born a worrier. And people who are like expert worriers, they've been doing that for years and they've been trained their brain to just worry about everything. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn a behavior, you can certainly unlearn it. Mm -hmm. Worrying, you know, it just adds more stress to you. And I know it sounds very like, oh, well, why don't you stop worrying? It's a very hard thing to do, especially if you've done it all your life. If you catch yourself, ask yourself, why am I worrying? And at that point, that's a good time to meditate and to reflect and maybe uh, have some prayer time. But Because worrying doesn't do anything to help you. It just makes problems worse. Yeah, if you can't change it, if worrying isn't going to change it and you can't change anything, then you stop worrying. Yeah, it's, it's just useless. If, if you're worrying about something that you can't change, then that thought is just useless. And then I've heard that if you are worrying about something that you can change, but then that's just stupid because just go ahead and change it. And it just sounds it sounds easy, but it's harder to practice. I mean, the, t the stuff we're talking about, very easy, and everybody knows it. Yeah. The problem is applying it. I know exactly what to do. The problem is doing it. Yeah. Um, 2020. Yeah. Get your ass in line, people. Well, that's along the lines with, with, with don't dwell on the things that happen at your shift. I've done that. I've done that so many times and you know it's it's one thing if you reflect on you know job learning from something but don't dwell on it don't bring it home don't dwell on it don't don't make it your fixation while you're home because then that's not healthy and that's just that's just contributing to burnout that's contributing to paranoia that's contributing to worthlessness and you know lack of self-confidence so you don't want any of that um, if you're burning, if you're feeling the burnout, um, consider a different specialty. Nursing is loaded with opportunities of where you can bring your degree. You can do. You don't have to do bedside nursing anymore. You can change your specialty in the hospital. Even you know, there's so many avenues of nursing that you can do, and you can look into that because that would definitely make a big change. You need to get enough sleep. Sleep. And lack of sleep is a big stressor in itself. And then add that on top of your burnout um, strat uh, stressful situations that you're adding on to your uh, stress. It's going to help you just get new focus if you can get enough sleep. 
the talking about exercise, cardiovascular exercise, they recommend it four times a week and at least 30 minutes. And that's, you know, that's across the board. Across the board, everybody talks about that's for your health, for no matter what it is. And another thing is I'm a runner, and, um, and you've heard of it, endorphins. Endorphins are actually a natural high, and they actually make you feel better, and they actually help you feel positive so there's more than just the science and the health factor i mean there, i mean not just the health factor there's a science behind it too but we don't want you going out freaking running a mile on your first day of exercise if you've never exercised before you need to start small just cardiovascular exercise just 30 minutes go four, around the block this week once yeah, just raise your heart rate next week twice the third <laughs> week three times but do do increments that are that are attainable goals that are attainable we're yeah. not expecting you to do a marathon yeah because eventually you have to build up to this um, Aaron also talked about yoga, but on the top of the yoga, I found they were in they were including in yoga this mindful meditation, mindful breathing, and mindful walking. Um. So what that means is you're doing a chant of some sort. They recommend something like I calm my body in, I calm my body out, um. and you can do that while you walk very slowly breathe while you walk they were saying that's mindful that's the mindful meditation mindful meditation is getting all the what do they call it um all the thoughts without judgment out of your brain so you can focus on um chanting breathing and no negative thoughts and that's to help you kind of recenter um i've never done it myself but they recommend it uh, let's see. Also, focus on self-care, self-compassion. What do you like to do? Um, hiking, cooking, gardening, reading. Permission to do those things for yourself. Um, you don't need to spend a lot of time, but just any time on yourself is time not spent on a negative thought or something else that can't give you self-care. Ooh, that's good. So, so basically... Any second or minute you're spending time worrying is one second or minute you should be spending fixing or positive thinking or helping your situation. Self-care. Self-care. Yeah. And, uh, for, yeah. and, for, and for the new nurse, yeah, the first six, to, six months to even two years, it's going to be very stressful. After six months to a year, you need to reevaluate. Are you still experiencing the same stress you've been experiencing since when you started? Uh, if you are, you need to f figure out um, what you can do to specifically fix those problems. If it's maybe a knowledge problem, fix that. If it's a emotional problem, a coping problem, exercise problem, whatever, fix that. But if you're still experiencing stress, unbelievable stress, and you're just – it could just be the environment. It's just It could be just very, very toxic, and the teamwork just sucks, and your manager sucks. Um, be aware. I'm not saying, hey, you're, you're going to start nursing, and if you don't manage your stress in the first six months to a year, get the hell out. No, I mean that's part of the part of the um, the program when you're a nurse. But afterwards, after you've spent enough time, you got to ask yourself if if the same stress you're experiencing is just something that you just can't cope with. Some people have the capacity to cope with this stuff, and other people's don't. I've been working ten plus years, and I've been doing other side stuff before nursing. I was doing business and other things. And then, um, so I have a lot of experience with a lot of different stress relating to work. And I know some people may think they're good at a certain career and they just may not be. And some people have the capacity and some people don't have the capacity. 
and you just have to be self-aware. You know, you can be a nurse, but can you be a nurse in the ICU? A nurse is a nurse regardless of where you work. But sometimes you are better fit in a better situation. You know, why be stressed out 24-7 in a place where your, your best gifts are not going to be received well as a place where you're going to have lower stress and you're just going to be in a better state of mind, better place physically? Sorry. Go ahead. That's for somebody who doesn't feel that they're in the right situation, right environment. Um, but these are these burnout, these burnout symptom. I mean, this burnout um, remedies um, can help you with that feeling stressed. If you feel like you're in the right space, but you're not coping well, these can help that too. Because it also talks about gaining education. Um, now, I'm not talking about going back to school because you don't need to add more stress to that. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about finding some sort of education that can help you cope with a, maybe a stressor that you're having in the unit, whether you're having trouble understanding swans or you're understanding um, you know, how to deal with families. Palliative care education, we can, you can do, um, you can try your certification. That might make you feel like you're empowered a little bit more with a little bit more education, a little bit more CCRN behind your name. That's you know, very um, fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And then um, another thing was, oh, my last thing was talk to someone you can trust, trusted professional, a mentor, yes. a friend, mentor. a counselor outside. Um, we've we've discussed multiple times on getting mentors, and they're there for you. Believe me, the person who wants to mentor you and is happy to mentor you, and they are there for you. And um, you can go to them as well, and they might be able to even recognize, especially if you work with the person, they might even be able to recognize some of the signs and symptoms before you even recognize them yourself. And like Aaron said it, he kind of jumped the gun, but because I had this great statement at the end of my <laughs> thing but it said people say they don't have time to do yoga they don't have time to do exercise they don't have time to do all these things but the thing is that's the paradox you have to make the time because then the burnout won't be there because you've made the time for the self-care and reflection and these things that help you combat burnout so that's what you have to do it's no excuses if you truly feel that you need to do something about it you educate yourself to become a nurse, so you train your mind. Are you going to train your your mind, your emotions to, to handle stress? That's probably. I don't think that's something they teach you in nursing school how to handle stress, or really anywhere. No. Um, may, maybe some churches help you with that, but I don't think in, in school typically does. It's a weed out, you know that. <laughs> oh boy. Some there are some um, things that do help you coping with the stress and burning out some alleviations so if you have a higher emotional intelligence that usually helps you because you're you're more self-aware of what you might need organization organizational commitments so hospitals that have better better structures um better programs resources those tend to help nurses out with with the high stress and then a supportive leadership you have a great leader who's not just a manager but they're a leader and they're a mentor they can help you those are great, great resources for people who are stressing out or burning out too much. Your manager can't add to your stress and your burnout. Mm-hmm. So don't discredit them just because they're your manager. I mean, I'm not I'm not dissing nurse leaders at all, but what I'm saying is there are better ones and there are ones that you know can recognize that kind of symptom. some of them some of them just want the job title right so they don't care don't feel bad if they're a part of your stress 
because and you don't have to go to them you can you know you can go to somebody else or you can go to um some other you know go to another manager that you might trust i'm just throwing it out there if you need a mental health day take a mental health day yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh what not to do i will say a couple things you should not do is i don't you know i don't you know if you want to take a glass of wine when you get home that's great but if you're gonna get plastered drunk ah man that's pretty rough i mean it that's a bad example uh drug abuse substance abuse that's if you that's find a you're doing really that a lot, bad way to cope. Yeah, if you find you're doing that a lot, that's most usually because it's a sign of a burnout. You're not coping well. You've with gone your, too far. Track. And at that point, you probably need some type of therapy. Your friends won't help you there. Um, maybe a mentor will probably help you, but you need professional help if you can't cope with that situation. You need somebody at a professional level. We're not we're not counselors, we're not um, uh, therapists, but. We've been through these um, stages, and mm-hmm. you definitely need professional help if you're, there's going to be substance abuse. Mm-hmm. If you can't cope well, then you have anger issues, and you know you're lashing out at everybody. You're probably going to need some. Mm-hmm. So definitely, no lashing out, no substance abuse, mm-hmm. no putting your hurt on other people. That's a no-no. Whatever you're going through, there's no. It's not fair for the patient or for your coworkers to experience what you're. You know your pains and your hurt. Yeah, don't project that out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, that's what that's what brings someone in awareness of their problem is a coworker saying, you know, something's wrong with you. You're not yourself. You're not um, something wrong. You know, and they get they they're usually concerned. So you know, you self awareness is a is a key, like Aaron said. And projection is going to be a big predictor that you're correct. I, I feel like we need another session on this, but we'll have to touch this subject on another day, maybe way down uh, the year, maybe closer to the end of the year to see how things are going with your um, stress levels. But uh, that's pretty much all the time we have. Is there anything else you wanted to add? Well, I forgot to mention, because I had so much information, but um, burnout isn't going away. Jayco recognizes that and they've actually put out a quick safety issue 50 developing resilience to combat nurse burnt out burnout and advisory of July and this was from September of uh, 2019 so this just came out. So don't 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 think that this is just you know hogwash. This is real and um, don't feel bad about you know having this these um, signs and symptoms because they recognize it and it's not going away so that's why we're giving you ways of coping with it and some you know remedies to to deal with it because you know um we the change will change will come but not before you might have burnout so we really need to um keep our jobs keep our sanity and then create the climate for change which is happening just so you're aware just so you're aware (laughs) Guys, we have so much more stuff to talk about. And my God. Questions, uh, comments, let us know if you have any questions about where we got our information or you want to correct me on something that we might have said. I love to hear it because this is fascinating to me. Yeah, and um, if you want us to talk more about this topic, let us know. Uh, you can reach me at Aaron de Trinidad. And here's my information, Aaron de Trinidad at, uh, on Facebook, on TikTok, Insta and LinkedIn, but as you can see, the Twitter is Aaron, V-R-N, V-R, 
N. Man, just stick with us. Let us know what you think. We love you guys. We've gotten so much, <laughs> so much um, crazy, crazy feedback from the past months since we started. And, Thank you. Oh my God, it's been crazy. We've been uh, just talking to so many people on different podcasts. Um, I don't know. It's just crazy this ride we're going. We're in. And so hopefully you guys stick with us and see what what happens um, as we keep on going down this journey. Thanks, Aaron. Bye, Rebecca. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.